But in a minute. Yes. I beat you to it. (laughs) You know, they say the pen is mightier than the sword. Mm Mm-hmm. They also say that Bruce is mightier than Evan. That is absolute facts. And in all honesty, both Bruce and Evan Almighty have the same director and writers, so I think they're both fine. Well, Bruce is God and Evan is Noah, so Bruce is, in fact, almightier than Evan. That is, on a technicality, true. That is, on a technicality, true. I'm America, and that's James. We're not Bruce or Evan. Those are also, on a technicality, true. And this is City Wave Cinema, which is not on a technicality, true. No, that's just a fact. It's technically true, which is... The best kind of true. Yes. How do do I don't remember how to do this. It's been a long time. It's been a really long time. We've had several life events happen. Uh, Most of them terrible. None of them have been good. No, we went on a cruise. That was a good time. Well, I was gonna say we've had several life events happen, and we went on a cruise. Mm, mm. You didn't. You won't let me finish any of my sentences. That would be silly. Why would I let you do that? (sighs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't have much to say during this podcast because I've seen Bruce Almighty a good. 30 times. So. That's a lot of times. I am going to watch that movie at least three more times. It's it's a good movie. It's right? apparently one that has rewatchability value, too, because I, like I said, seen it 30 times, and James pointed out something, a bit, a gag, that I didn't notice until tonight. So, all right, there so, you go. So there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of things that are going in the right direction from the jump on this movie. First of all, it's got Jim Carrey in it. And Jim Carrey is just a national treasure for Canada and because he's not from here. It's prime Jim Carrey, too. Oh, yeah. Peak, even. Yeah. 2003. Oh. Three years later, he did Yes Man, I think. Mm, was it in 2006? Yeah, well, it would have been made in 2006 because I think it came out in 2007. You keep talking. I could be I'll wrong. Look it up. Check that. Make sure yeah. that's right. Um. Anyways, this is uh, one of those movies. I definitely never got to watch it as a kid. What with my religious upbringing, it's one could absolutely describe this as being a pretty sacrilegious movie. But you know what? It's hilarious. This is a great movie. Um, I don't have a lot that's five years wrong with it. Okay, so it came out in two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Yes, man was maybe my first introduction to like proper adult comedy. Jim Carrey. My first introduction to proper adult comedy, Jim Carrey, was probably Bruce Almighty. My indoctrination happened when we watched The Mask for this show. Have you seen Liar Liar? Yeah, you made me watch that. That's a great one. It's a pretty good one, but I think The Mask, I like The Mask better. Uh, Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura is Hall of Fame movies for me, both of them. So even good. though, Even though they do that bad trans bit in the first one. Mm, Bumblebee Tuna. No, yeah, Bumblebee Tuna. They make up for it with the arrows and the knees in the second movie. Anyways, we're talking about Bruce Almighty. Yeah. Um, and Jim Carrey. And Jim Carrey. And because I haven't seen the movie before, there's some stuff that just starts in the movie, and I make note of it because I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? But then as the movie progresses and the plot unfolds, uh, the early gags are, like, they make more sense. So we open on Jim Carrey doing a a 
bit story as a, a news reporter, a live on scene news reporter who uh, is covering a local bakery that is going for the world record on the largest cookie, which already is a two-bit story to begin with. Uh, and it's, he's just very clearly unhappy to be there, uh, very egotistical, and he is uh, just he's doing his bit in front of the two employees, like the elderly lady owner of the bakery and her son, and her son's just standing there, like, man, he's just, like, mean-mugging the news camera with his mouth halfway open. And he's just staring, and then eventually he, like, like comes to as though he was, like, daydreaming. And he just starts picking his nose. And it's, like, it's like really classic early 2000s body humor. Ha-ha <laughs> funny. Uh, and I just, like, notes on notes in this bakery about, like, what is... What is happening? Why is that guy weird? Why everything is so bad? Why is the why are there mugs that are so large that they're sloshing milk about in? And then he runs by with a pitcher of milk and dumps it on all the children to the uh chariots of fire song. And it's all just it feels like a weird fever dream. And then the rest of the movie doesn't have anything like that in it. Which is so strange because it's a movie where a person gets imbued with all power. Just, so just the intro alone is actually crazy. And then I didn't have any other notes until he goes back home. Or no, they finished watching the tape and Jennifer Aniston is his girlfriend. And I, I didn't know she was in this movie. Even though they put it in the credits as you were watching that cookie scene, but you probably were so enthralled with the cookie scene that you uh missed her name float by yeah i was not paying close attention at all who's paramount do we use we just got a message i'm sorry uh my sisters cool uh yeah so we watched the scene where jim carrey is like he's got such a his character is really fucking shitty he plays this awful, egotistical, like, tiny dick energy guy who just needs affirmation of everything all the time, but also has the biggest ego alive. And he's kind of a, like, you see it more as he as his life starts to degrade with a series of unfortunate happenstances, but like he has so little grip on his ability to behave as a person. It's actually crazy. Also like after this year that we have personally lived through, I kind of just looked at Bruce is such a bitch. I was like, dude, <laughs> he's such a bitch. Like pull yourself <laughs> to fucking gather. Like this is, I can't get the better job because they keep giving me the, Bit stories. Aha! Aha! It was just like fucking. I mean, come on, man. I mean, retrospect. Like, it's not. It's not a great set of circumstances. Like, he no, is getting put through the ringer. But like, I've been put through a bigger ringer. We, yeah, we've had this a, year. Arguably a worse time. And I don't know. It's the whole movie. I think I make like eight or nine notes about how he's just so egotistical all the time. 
I think that's the idea. And no, it, it's definitely the idea, but it just makes me laugh that like no one checks him on it the whole time. I mean, God does. That's the idea, though. Is like God always tries to like teach these lessons to people, even in the Bible and stuff, um, that have been. Like, he teaches them in a way that will only make sense to them. Like, putting Jonah in the whale, or having Noah built the ark, or, like, just things that would, like, yeah. only that person would resonate with that lesson, Job, for example. Mm. So the fact that you're taking this egotistical guy who's literally yelling, smite me, almighty smiter, <laughs> and says line. that he can do a better job, fuck it, yeah, here you go. Alright, good luck, fucker. You got it, all right. you. Right, so... It's just a fun scene with Jennifer Aniston. They they do a really good job putting together a nice couples vibe in that uh, scene, and it it it's also that's like just on the it's not it's still prime Jennifer Aniston actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, two thousand three. Friends. Friends hadn't even ended yet. When did Friends end? Two thousand four. Two thousand four. Mm-hmm. So it was still prime Jennifer Aniston. She really hit stride in the middle of Friends, and. Hell, she's still funny to now. Her and Adam Sandler are making great shit together. They're the best of friends. But it really is, uh, like, just primetime Jennifer Aniston. Uh, Steve Carell's in the movie. What's the name of that other anchor? The actress. Oh, Ortega? Yeah, who plays Ortega? I, just I don't, don't know, I but... Look it up. I'll find it real quick. I don't even remember her... Fr- or it's Susan Ortega, and I only know that because... In this watch through, it also bothered me that Ortega. Only, yeah, only when she's on air does she go Susan Ortega, Ortega. and I'm like, <laughs> the rest of the time, no fucking emphasis or accent until she's on air, which I kind of love is like a thing for her because it's like Catherine, di- it's a diversity thing, so she's like trying to like really emphasize that. Catherine when she's Bell on air. also not Hispanic, and it just really <laughs> it's, it's a good laugh. I like it. Yeah, it was just a really, like, realistic thing where it's like, yeah, she wouldn't care when she's off the air, but when she's on the air, she is Ortega. She's been in a lot of stuff that I've seen over the years, and I just never fucking remember who she is. Anyways, uh, just a bunch of really good actors and actresses in this movie, and it's so good, just front to back. Um, Now... The plot driving issue here is uh, a bunch of minor unfortunate circumstances happen to Bruce inside of the first 30 minutes of the movie, including getting passed up for a promotion. Fired. Uh, that's his problem. He did that. His dumbass did that himself. He He did that himself. It's not even like a random circumstance thing happened. Like... It, the network chooses Steve Carell's character over his. That's not his fault directly. It is his fault directly he got fired. Then he gets beat up. Then he gets beat up. And his car he, gets vandalized. He, like, half white knights for this guy. His car gets vandalized. There's a bunch of silly shit. Then he crashes uh, his car. He does crash his car. and he Grace just, gives him a hard time, who's Jennifer Aniston's character. Yep. The dog pees in the house. Yep. Again, running this list out after the year that we have had, which a lot of you have been privy to. Um, Feels kind of minor, honestly. I feel like I win. I win. I win that pissing contest in a fucking heartbeat. True. 
I also like when they did the shot at Niagara Falls, it's one of those green screens that like in 2003, you look at it and you go, wow, I can tell it's a green screen, but it's like really good. In 2023, 20 years later. <laughs> How long have you been holding on to that? How long have you been waiting to say that to me? Uh, half a second. Because uh, I thought of it uh, two seconds ago. Um, I'm old. It's one of those green screens where it's like, oh man, I know it's a green screen. I'm wah, wah. old. But it's fine for the era. Totally fine. I'm uh, so old. We're not talking about you. Don't be egotistical like Bruce. Um, he goes and he's just going to do all this cringy and angry shit. And he's just so mad. So it's so bad. And he, oh, I remember thinking to myself how, like, how mad he was at Evan for winning. And I, I just wrote a note down. It wouldn't make any sense contextually, but I was like, don't worry, buddy. Next time Evan takes the L when he has to build a boat and everyone loses their fucking minds over it. The more I watched this movie, the more I was like, man, the plot of Evan Almighty kind of sucks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's not very good. It's so much like they were like, we did a really great job. Let's do it again. And then they just. And they got a great cast for Evan Almighty, too. But they just didn't write a good story. I would love to, like, go back and see if I could redraft the Evan Almighty script as just, like, same actors, similar premise, just. What if it wasn't a bad story from the get-go? That could be fun. I think Steve Carell really tried. Yeah, he efforted. He efforted a lot. But it just, yeah, it just wasn't a solid story. Like, this weird little flood that's only going to affect it's this not, one it's neighborhood. It's only going to affect one neighborhood. And he builds this giant boat. Just, it was so poorly contrived. Well, it's not this movie. It's not this movie. Anyways, uh, Bruce Almighty, the better one. Yeah, so he throws, he gets the prayer beads from his girlfriend who got them from the kids in her class and he's just so mad at god for reasons and then he just yeets that shit directly into the water and i just i sat there i saw him grab the beads and i was like don't you throw those beads in that water that's what the movie wants you to do and then he did it and i was like god damn it all he threw the beads in the water it's just it's i, I could write uh he gets the beepers and shit of all the messages the good lord is sending him to be like hey you shit what if you had to deal with my life and it, the whole movie is a pissing contest between god and man and god wins that one by the way yeah so evan gets reached via a myriad of you mean bruce oh fuck yeah by a myriad of uh, small miracles and stuff. And finally calls the number from the beeper. And then there's a message at the end of the line telling him to go to this address for a job. And he's like, great job. I'll go. I really just in the bit about God getting Bruce's attention. I think my favorite portion of that was like. It's one of those things where, like, God's communicating to you, but not always in ways you expect. Uh -huh. I always like that, uh, God sent my name, uh, sent your neighbor joke. That was always one of my favorites. Mm. Um, but, like, in this movie, they do that kind of bit where he's like, give me a sign, and it's all, like, 
a construction sign that says caution ahead. Yep. And then he's like, I just need you to like tell me what to do. And it's like this bunch of these stop signs um, from a truck that pulls out ahead of him. And like just all these things where it's like, it's it's there. God's talking to you. You're just not. You're not paying attention. Listening. Anyway, sorry. That's one of my favorite bits in the whole movie is just like the whole. The the way. And he then he crashes attention. his car. Yep. Immediately after ignoring Warning, all the signs. Stop. Danger. Crashes car. Well. But I, it's God's fault. I'm sorry, dog. That you did that shit. Uh, Morgan Freeman, by the way, tremendous actor. Tremendous actor. Um, he's great. I also love, love him as, like, as God. Like, I think that's just, like, he has the voice, the attitude. You know who who they were going to cast? Who are they going to cast? Robert De Niro. No. Yeah. No. No, that would have been funny. It would have been funny, but it wouldn't have had the same impact. I want, I want spicy Italian mafia God. No, I want Morgan Freeman God. That's fine. We have that. We know what we don't have? Robert De Niro. That's because no one wants that. I want that. You're wrong. I want an example of you that. You are a wrong person. I want, I want Robert De Niro 25 years ago to shoot that promo. <laughs> I want 2002 Robert De Niro. What, what did Robert De Niro make in the year 2002? I'm going so I have to go a reference. look because I want to go. I need to know what iteration of old Robert De Niro was at the time. Um, he's been old the entire time I've been alive. He's been old since Goodfellas, and he wasn't even old in Goodfellas. Um, there's one one production thing that I made a note about in the whole he movie. He was busy. Oh, yeah. He made Meet the Parents in 2000, and then he made Meet the Parents more. He made the Meet the Fockers, too. He was busy filming. Yeah, he was doing stuff. See, that's just not God. Me, uh, the freaking dad from Meet the Parents is not God. Well, dude. Morgan Freeman, who narrates the penguins dying, is God. All right, settle down. Jesus. I had one production note in the whole thing, and I said it out loud while we watched the movie, but there's a moment after Bruce gets given the power... And he drives away in his car. He leaves in his busted up, crashed car. Okay. They show a, a B-roll shot of him driving over a bridge. And in that shot, the car has no damage done to it. Which tells me in the edit, they were like, we need a shot to show transition of distance. So get me a shot of the car moving somewhere. And the first thing they found that they liked was the car driving over the bridge. Because it didn't have the fucked up hood or any other visible damage to it. And then the next shot, he pulls up... Where did he pull up? To the diner. To the diner? Yes, to the diner. And the hood's all crumpled again. So that's the only production problem I had with the whole movie. And honestly, it's such a minor thing. If you're not paying attention, you won't notice it. And honestly, it doesn't really affect the viewer experience unless you're looking for stuff like I do. Um, Bruce spends the next probably 20 minutes of movie just experimenting with power. Which is what you would Which do. Which is exactly what I would expect anyone to do if they had it. It's any, it's any superhero movie, too. You always go through this montage of, like, them being like, 
I gotta try shit out. What what can I do? Where what 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 right? what is actually feasible in these limits? Thing with Bruce is anything except two rules. Yeah, he has less rules than a genie. He does. He does have less rules than a genie, but also genies are bound by lore to have rules, and God is bound by absolutely nothing, according to the lore. Except the free will of man. No, no, God supersedes the free will of man according to the lore. Of, like, the Bible and shit. As a Christian, I don't know how I feel about calling the Bible lore. (laughs) Anyways. Bruce Almighty. It's been a while since we've actually done this. We're a little rusty. He pulls up to the diner. And he experiments with power. We just said all that. I know. I'm trying to get you back to where you were in your notes. I'm, I haven't left there. Okay, well, tell us what happens next, then. I mean, that's just waiting on you to stop being weird. Um, <laughs> you, just, you're gonna you, be- you just started reiterating everything I just said, and you were like, we haven't done this for a while. I was like, what do you- I know we haven't done one for like three weeks, but I feel like we're capable of doing this. We've done this before. We've done this for over a year. You're going to be waiting for a very long time if you're going to wait for me to not be weird. Touche, touche. So he he does a bunch of parlor tricks in the diner, uh, parting his soup, the tomato soup, the Red Sea. Ha 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 ha. Good meme. Um, He did cough up a spoon. That was a good riot. Uh, Just lots of great... The casting of Jim Carrey here is great because you want someone who can embody the physical comedy of all of these things. And Jim Carrey can and will do that forever. He's so good at the physical comedy. And so is Steve Carell, for that matter. But we'll talk about that later. Um, Man, he's just so talented. And I feel like there's more that happens between the diner and him getting home to have his straight-up madcap rendezvous. Well, he gets a secondary, like, God comes back and he's, like, having fun because he's parting right. his soup in the middle of the diner, and he t- tells him to take a walk with him. And this like, is where he learns his rules. Yeah, you can't affect free will. Yep. And you can't tell anyone you're God. Right. Because you don't want that. You don't want that attention. Um, you don't want that heat. They walk out into the middle of the lake. And they're walking or, on water. Ha ha ha. Yeah, they're walking on water. Um, and then Jim Carrey goes through a little bit more experimental experimental phase where he uh, does it to the song I Got the Power and just uh, makes yeah. a bunch of Pops random the fire hydrant, takes the outfit happened. from the mannequin. Yeah. Uh, and then he finds those guys in the alleyway. Mm-hmm. The, the little... The, the people little that beat him up. Latino gang. And man... I got to give so many actor props to the leader of the Latino gang because that guy acted his ass off in a scene with Jim Carrey and he did picture perfect physical comedy in a scene with like one of the top three guys in physical comedy ever. It was super good. So the guys, oh, there's also the line, one of my favorite lines I've ever heard. Uh, which is surely I say unto you, dudes. Surely I say. Which is unto so funny. I do like when he starts talking to them like he's like a pastor, and he's like, he's "They like, thou art." Yeah, yeah. He's just super hamming it up. It's a good laugh. 
and then he, the guy just, it's some super innocuous stuff. He's like, Emilio Rivera's in this fucking, he was in the gang. I'll fucking, what does he say? I'll apologize to you when a monkey comes out of my butt. Yeah. And Jim Carrey's goes, funny you should mention it. That's today. And just a beautiful moment of acting as the guy goes stock still, turns bright red, and just shakes as a monkey crawls out of his ass. Who is it? Noel Guglielmi. Mm-hmm. Guy is tremendous. Underrated actor, I'm going to say, officially. Dude was so funny. Um, and so basically, he just... He he starts to get a little more comfy in the skin with the with the power and starts pushing the boundaries a little bit on what he can and cannot do. And this is all post Bruce having a fight with his girlfriend. Where his ego just totally tries to destroy his relationship. I'll take the worst day I've ever had with the sight of guilt, please, as he walks out. He, like bite me, dude. Fucking in what a fucking immature ass way to handle having a bad day uh he's an immature person he also i read this in the notes he improved when he hit the box with the photos onto the ground off the table and you can kind of see it because first off he hits it really hard and it just goes flying across the room like out of camera flying across the room and jennifer aniston jumps like in real life because she did not expect that to happen. And I feel like just, most of the notes really from a Jim Carrey movie are this person reacted realistically <laughs> because they didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> and I feel like that's just every Jim Carrey movie is just Jim Carrey does things and people just have to kind of deal with it. Try to remember what line comes next that they're supposed to say. <laughs> right. So he goes back to his apartment where his girlfriend is alone and frustrated and just... she had left them a, him a note that morning that said oh, they yeah, need yeah. to talk yeah yeah yeah, that's right everybody's favorite sentence in a couple the worst um so he comes back and he's singing a song and she opens the door and just he's singing the song what if god was one of us too that is true which is one of my favorite other bits in this movie the movie knows it's a movie and that makes it beautiful. Uh, he's singing the song, and he busts out the flowers from behind his back, and he's just being such a fucking asshole. To daisies. He to it's just being just. Ugh. You watch it, and you're like, I would, I fucking hate you. It's just he just makes himself so despicable all the time, but he does it. And Jim Carrey is a a hero of an actor for being able to pull this off. He plays such a skeevy, scummy motherfucker in this scene, but he also does it with just the right amount of charm that you're like, I can see how that would work. And you just sit there and you go, man, you're such a fucking dick. I hate it. I hate it so much. And he is, of course, assisted by uh, his godlike power. Not godlike. I mean, it, it is, is it, it is like god powers. So the I think the most unnecessary bit of the movie is they get they go from being pretty frosty with each other right at the beginning of the scene 
to like on the verge of hot and heavy fast. It was the fucking it's moon. It's so fast. It was the fucking moon, man. It was, I mean, he dragged the moon in and he created some new galaxies and stars and shit. Uh, and then a meteor shower. And he just, all those things will have consequences later. Uh, I do like that the movie doesn't gloss over that. No, no, it's that. straight up is like, what if you did all this shit? Every time Bruce does something, there are consequences in the real world. Now, here's, that's a good example of good proper writing in a movie, because if you do a thing in a movie, the next question you need to ask is, what will happen because this happens? What's the next thing that occurs? That's the good question to ask when you're writing. So many fucking movies, especially modern superhero movies, do not ask what is the next thing that will occur because this happened. It's so fucking frustrating how many modern movies just do not have this. It's a simple thing in writing. If you write an event, what are the real-world consequences of this? What are your character's consequences of this? Say both of those things and move to the next thing. It's that fucking simple. And I don't understand why things like the Avengers can't fucking figure it out. They write all the quippiest one-liners in the world. But guess what? You can't destroy New York City in every single movie that you make. I don't think it's technically New York. In Marvel, it is. In, 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 in Marvel, it's New York City. Mm-mm. Yeah. Keep talking. Okay. In uh, DC, it's always Gotham. Well, DC has other cities, because they have Go City, and they have... Uh, well, yeah, DC did the clever thing. It was like, we're not going to base everyone out of New York. Metro. Metropolis? Metropolis. Metropolis, yeah, that's like, Superman's domain. I was like Metroville, and I was like, that's not right. That's, I just, I can Where is Metroville? What's that from? I don't know, but I combined in my th head, I think, Metropolis and Smallville. Metroville. There's Townsville. That's where the Powerpuff Girls are. Townsville, that's true. Um. Anyways. What am I looking up? Fucking. Oh, what, this, what city is what the What city Avengers the Avengers in? happens in. Um. So he they, they get to the verge of hot and heavy, and Jennifer Aniston excuses herself to go into the restroom to, like, bit of prim... I, what, like, what the fuck is Freshen she... Freshen up. Freshening up? Is that she's, what you would call it? She's primping. That Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is, like, primping up. But, so she goes in there. What? What'd you There's find? There's a list of cities that have been destroyed in the MCU. New York City. D.C., Lagos, Vienna, Johannesburg, London, Seoul, and Busan, and Edinburgh. There's more. My God. Yeah. They're relentless. They hate cities. Uh, we also have... Um, Edinburgh, Bucharest... San Francisco. San Francisco. L.A. L.A., Monaco, Hong Kong, Novigrad, and Bunanzana. Now listen, as an aside... If we're talking about real-world consequences to these things, let's just say three of those cities are destroyed inside of a couple of years of time in your cinematic universe. You blow up London, New York City, and Los Angeles. The world will fucking collapse. So much shit is run out of New York City and Los Angeles. And London is like 
the home of most European trade shit. You cannot tell me that you can just skate by and not say what the real world consequences are for destroying these cities. That's crazy. But we're not going to open the can of everything that's wrong with the MCU because we're talking about Bruce Almighty. I I will get carried away talking about the MCU. We both will. Uh, Eventually, we're going to end up watching most of those movies for this channel because I stopped watching after Iron Man 3. I stopped watching after After Iron Iron Man Man 1. (laughs) I I watched one and I was like, I'm good. You know what we should do? Watch the rest of the X-Men? No, no, no. Fuck them. Useless motherfuckers. We should put, uh, we should put Zack Snyder's cut on the list. We had it on the list for a good long time, and it was never voted for, so I think we bumped it. We probably did. Not this time, because we've got the list for today, but next time we record, we should include the Snyder cut, because I would love to sit there and rip that garbage-ass movie to pieces. See, I'm going to start making... Just make superhero movies. It's going to be a list of superhero movies. Oh, yeah. Have you seen Um, the OG X-Men trilogy? I have in the past, yeah. I have it in, like, recent history. Have you seen all of the X-Men? I haven't seen new ones because I don't like the X-Men. All right. Um, Carry on. Okay. Bruce Almighty. So... Jennifer Aniston's up in the bathroom, like, getting all primped and ready to absolutely go to town on his ass. And he does... They wrote in an unnecessary, aggressively sexual scene. It was great. It's one of my favorite scenes. It's a good laugh. Pleasure, 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 pleasure. But it's just... Jim, it, the And the immaculate gif of him just throwing his hands back and all of his clothes being ripped off. Hilarious. But they fucking... Follow it up with her in the bathroom, and he's just in the other room, like, doing the magic hands at the wall, and just mind-beaming waves of pleasure into her, which is so fucking weird. Like, if I were wagering, the direction for the scene is like, okay, you're gonna have two orgasms while you're in the bathroom. And it's going to fuck up your hair on the second one. And then the door is going to open and you're going to like assault Jim Carrey. Okay. That's how the scene's going to play out. And you could tell me that's how it went down. And I would believe you a hundred percent. They also do a, uh, uh, a picture perfect wrestling move, uh, as she sprints out of the bathroom at him. Yeah. I want to know how many takes that (laughs) to fucking goes one arm low, one arm high, and flips her whole body over onto the bed. Really great acting. Really good physical work. Um, I don't believe they used a stunt double, but you never know. They could have. So that to me was unnecessary, but was just so funny. And the following morning, like he wakes up and he's starting to feel the side effects of being God for the first time. He's starting to hear prayers. In his ears all the time because people are praying all the time. Happens all the time. And he starts hearing it. He's like, ah, 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 doesn't like that. He heads out to the fucking the kitchenette or whatever. And Anison's out there, gives her a dip kiss. She's made him a grilled cheese for breakfast. Strange, but okay. And then she spends the next 
30 seconds questioning whether or not she has bigger boobs now than she did the night before. He did not that like do anything actively to her boobs that we know of. Not in the cut of the movie that you watch. No way. According to the IMDb trivia, in the script, but not deleted scenes, so it didn't actually get filmed, along with several other things that Bruce does to help people with prayer, um, he does make her boobs bigger. Is she praying for bigger boobs? No. But he does do it, and then she prays to have smaller boobs, and he grants that, and they go back to normal. Uh, but yeah, she's just, like, standing there, like, in the kitchen, like, shaking her tits all over the place. And, like, listen, prime Jennifer Aniston, no one's complaining. But did we need it? I almost feel like it adds to the realism of that. Oh, it super does, because though? that is absolutely something that you're, like, you've done that to We've me had, I was like, we've, we've had, had this had that conversation, conversation I was like, are they bigger? Like, <laughs> And it's, it, you definitely, you stand there and you go. You do the lift, you do the, you do you all check, the... You check them, and that's like, it's why I can't fault the movie for having it, because that's such a real world thing to have happen, that I was like, I mean... I've had that conversation before. I wasn't God or nothing, but I've had that happen before. So it's a, it's a real thing. It's a real thing to happen. Our live studio audience is saying yes, that we needed that scene. I mean, it's Jennifer Aniston in the early 2000s. No one is complaining. So I just, I made a note that they really like, for a lot of this movie, it really felt like the reason Jennifer Aniston was in some scenes was so that we could have sexy things happen. Well, yes, because it's Jennifer Aniston in the early 2000s. Yes, but what they had forgotten in the early 2000s is that Jennifer Aniston is also a talented actor. She can also act, in case you didn't know. I mean, they did something similar to Cameron Diaz. Yeah, and then she quit acting. Yep. Those bastards. She was also very good. God damn it. Cameron Diaz was funny as shit. So. Okay. I want to stop the first episode in a couple of minutes. Because I'm over halfway through my notes. Even with all our sidetracking? Even with all our sidetracking. I don't have. Here's the thing. There are two problems I had with the movie. One was the car not being damaged on the crossover on the bridge. The other comes up shortly, and it is, in my opinion, the biggest oversight in writing in the movie. I'm intrigued. In that all of this movie is so good about being realistic about what people would do with the power, except for one thing. Are you going to leave us with a cliffhanger? I am going to leave us with a cliffhanger because Ooh. you've got to you got to stick around for another week to figure out what the one fucking thing they did wrong in the writing of the movie is. I'm genuinely intrigued because I cannot think of anything. And it's it it bothers me that it happens, but they oh. do a fine job with the rest of the plot. I think I know what it is. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. We'll find out in approximately 10 minutes. Well, you'll find out in a week. 
Ha, sucks to be you. Just kidding, I love you. Those of you out in podcast land, you'll find out in a week. Brace yourself for Jimmy Hoffa. Until then. Oh, God. This has been City Wave Cinema. And Bruce that's, Almighty. And that's James being old in the background. Oh, don't talk about it. My knees hurt.